welcome to Pro Tour Talk with Steve Dodge. I'm Steve Dodge. Today is May 16th, 2018, and we will be talking with the ladies of the chains. Uh, Becca and crew started a new podcast, and uh, we've invited them on to our podcast, sort of cross-pollinating, and it's going to be a, a pretty fun show talking about what they do and why they do it. But first, let's talk about a couple of things real quick. Next week, I think we'll have a, a very special guest at the San Francisco Open. Uh, we're going to talk with him and do a little SFO preview. The San Francisco Open is obviously the next Pro Tour event. It is the week after the Masters Cup, which is this weekend. Um, but we've got three things to run through real quick, hopefully. We've got the fan vote. We've got news of the week. And we've got listener questions. Uh, first of all, the fan vote. So this was a very exciting week. Uh, Seth pointed out to me that the number of people voting continues to increase, which is fantastic. Everybody is very excited. They recognize that their vote matters and getting people onto the fan card, onto the, onto the feature cards is something that they have input on. And uh, this week in the fan vote, on the men's side, Eric Oakley ran away with it with uh, a Total of 2,511 points. Well done, Eric Oakley. Drew Gibson, who's been playing hot all season, came in second. He will be on the, uh, I think, the noon card. Yeah, the, he will be on the noon feature <laughs> card. Eric Oakley will be on the live card. And then uh, Greg Barsby came in third with 1,394 points. And he will be on the 10 o'clock card, which will be the Central Coast card. So Eric Oakley, Drew Gibson, and Greg Barsby win the fan vote. Uh, Kevin Jones, Avery Jenkins, and Colton Montgomery made very impressive showings, uh, but didn't quite have enough to get in the top three. On the women's side, uh, Madison Walker runs away. Well, doesn't, no, she does not run away with it. She does get the win, though, 1,438 fan vote points. She edges out Ellen Widboom and Jessica Weiss, um, I am excited to see those two women, especially Ellen Widboom, a new name on tour, and people obviously want to see her. So over the course of the season, I predicted earlier that we will see her in a fan boat, and uh, it's looking like that's going to come true. It did not come true this time, but I believe it will. So the live card at the San Francisco Open, not at the Masters Cup, but at the San Francisco Open, the live card will be Ricky Wysocki, Eagle McMahon, Patrick Brown, and Eric Oakley. The Jomez card will be Paul McBeth, Garrett Gurthy, Jeff Faze, and Drew Gibson. Central Coast card, Nate Sexton, Simon Lazat, James Proctor, and Greg Barsby. And the women's feature card, which will be on the Disc Golf Guy channel and the Pro Tour channel, is Paige Pierce, Sarah Hokum, Jessica Weiss, and Madison Walker. And uh, that's actually a really good segue into the news of the week. And the first little bit of news uh, of the week, I'll talk about that women's card for the first time ever. And uh, we'll have to see how well we pulled this off. There's a lot of, lot of little wickets that have to line up perfectly. And then we have to hit the croquet ball right through all of them. But we are going to be attempting to have uh, same day edited shot by shot coverage of the women. Uh, specifically that lead that women's feature card that I just mentioned. And what we're going to do is we're going to take that footage, we're going to edit it down, and then we're going to play it from four to five Eastern. That's one hour before 
the live broadcast starts. And then we will have uh, one or two people doing live commentary as it gets pushed out to the Internet. And you will be able to watch what is, in, that, in fact, a live feed of shot-by-shot coverage of the women, which who will have literally just finished a couple of hours ago. So if everything goes exactly how it's planned, this is going to be a fantastic step in, uh, in coverage in general, and especially coverage on the women's side. Additionally, uh, what this will do uh, on the live coverage, we will not have the women spliced in. And uh, instead, we'll, uh, we will fill that time with whole reviews and some extra time in the booth where, uh, where we will see Terry and friends um, in the booth doing the live commentary at the San Francisco Open. So that is one little exciting bit of news. Um, another bit of exciting news, uh, we hired Danielle Charlier. Um, she will be uh, helping us with brand development and she will work with us. There's a whole list of things, but she's a player liaison. She's helping with brand development. She's helping with some, some sales and, uh, and she's going to be a, uh, what is the word a women's? I don't want to say, is it advocate? It might be advocate. I think it's not though. She, she's going to help us help, help us focus and, and shape the way that we um, cover the women. So that's going to be another of her fo- foci, plural focus. Look that up and uh, post in the comments if that's right. My my grandmother was a Latin major in college. Actually, she would be embarrassed that I don't know the whether it's foci or focuses. I think a camera focuses. But that's not the plural of focus. That's really interesting or not. So uh, another thing that we're going to be doing at the San Francisco Open, continuing along with the news, uh, we will be filming every card at the on the women's side. And the goal here is to capture, I think there's going to be six women's cards. And uh, we're naturally covering one. And then uh, Danielle, one of the things she does is live scoring, and she's going to be doing some filming of that card. So we've got two cards covered. With four volunteers, we will be able to cover, capture basically every shot that the all of the women do. And we'll compile those into a highlight reel that features every woman, every woman at the tournament. Uh, what we're going to do here, basically uh, women watching women uh, encourages women to play. Lots of W's, and that's the way we like it. So, uh, oh, and actually, we don't have all of those volunteers lined up yet. So if you would like to help, you can email Danielle, uh, danielle at dgpt.com. If you're anywhere near the Bay Area and you would like to help uh, cover the women or do anything at all at the San Francisco Open, if you want to spot, you want to park cars, whatever you want to do, Feel free to reach out, uh, Danielle at DGPT.com. She'll be able to, to hook you up and send you in the right direction. And then uh, in addition to Danielle and the San Francisco Open, uh, the shot by shot and the filming every card, there were two other little bits of news uh, that we had. The first was we put out a piece about how to host a Pro Tour event. This comes up at this point, actually, it's coming up at least once a week, uh, if not two or three times a week, people asking, hey, I would love to see a Pro Tour event in my neck of the woods. How do we make that happen? And uh, so we went ahead and put out an article that says, here's here's our expectations for venues, and here's what venues can expect of us. 
it actually also clarifies a lot of people have the question of what does the pro tour do versus what does the event do? So in, in, uh, while answering the question, how can I get a pro tour event? We're also answering the question, what does the pro tour do versus what does the venue do? Um, and then at the bottom of that article, there's a link. You can just click that link. And uh, there's a, a fairly lengthy application uh, by design. We don't want it to be easy. Uh, we want people who are serious and take some time to think about things. The second, the last piece of really cool news, um, something called Now This Sports. Uh, created a, a really cool piece that featured a whole bunch of uh, disc golf highlights. Um, they featured the Pro Tour. They talked about how the fact the fact that disc golf is becoming a professional sport and is uh, and in my eyes is legit. Um, they also had uh, the Jerry the Jerry Seinfeld Frolf reference where uh, George had had the summer of George and he played frisbee golf or Frolf as he calls it. Um, so. And that that video has been seen over 300,000 times. So uh, they, they didn't quite get everything right. Um, in my opinion, actually, they were a little too pro tour centric. Disc golf has been around for 40 plus years uh, formally. Obviously, we've been playing disc golf for thousands of years, probably with uh, with different objects of, and, and uh, baskets or poles that we hit or whatever it is. But um, disc golf's formally been around for 40 plus years. They didn't quite get that right. Um, and they focused entirely basically on the pro tour. And uh, I think it would have been nice to see a more inclusive, like mentioning of the PDGA uh, and, and mentioning of the grassroots movements that are, that are in fact causing the sport to grow. But all in all, 300,000 more people know about the sport and that's always a positive. With that, we will get to the listener questions. We have two listener questions this week. Uh, the first is absolutely not uh, disc golf related, but I thought it was a fun question, so I'm going to answer it anyway. It says, what is your favorite non-disc golf podcast? Um, and I have to say that uh, it's funny because I knew the answer to this while I was uh, while I was reading the question, but I'm going to go ahead and pull it up just to make sure I get it right. The first one is uh, on, a, a podcast called On Being, and uh, it's it's a brand new one that I started listening to. And uh, the the host just talks about how we should think about our lives and accept things and and just be. And uh, she has guests come on and, and it's a it's a really insightful podcast. Oh, and the other one is left, right and center. Uh, I like politics. So and that one, uh, I think they do a good job of balancing things out. So those are my two for two personal favorite podcasts. I've got about 30 or 40 in my queue, one of which is Ladies of the Chains and uh I should have asked that question second because that would have been a great segue, but I'm not that smart. Um, so the next thing is, uh, oh, I should have I should have done that because the next question is, why are you filming every women's card? And uh, we actually talked about that just a second ago. Uh, basically, we want to show every woman on a highlight reel um, and we want women watching women, which will encourage women to more women to play disc golf. So there's that. And that's actually not a bad segue into the ladies of the chains. With that, I'm going to introduce uh, Becca Kephart and Nova Polite. I hope I pronounced those names correctly and I'll unmute you too. Here we go. Hello there, Becca. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. And Nova, how do, how do I pronounce your last name, Nova? Is it Polite? You got it correctly. It's uh, polite, uh, like whoop whoop. Uh, it's the sound of the polite. 
<laughs> I, I apologize. I'm I'm pretty darn old. I don't know the whoop whoop sound uh, reference. Uh, it's a rap song from about five years ago. <laughs> okay, my rap ended about twenty years ago, right before Dougie Fresh. Um, so anyway, uh, I I hope there's some Dougie Fresh fans out there who have some clue what I'm referencing. Ten minutes and you're on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Becca. I want to start with you and uh, and we can just jump in. Let's free form it and just have fun tonight. Basically, sure. my goal tonight is to learn all about what you ladies are doing. And I almost said guys um, because that's just slang. But what you ladies are doing and why you're doing it and how much fun it is. So, sure. Becca, first of all, um, a podcast. I know that you saw that I made a podcast. So you decided, hey, if Steve <laughs> can do it. But seriously, what made you decide you wanted to do a podcast? Sure. So I'm a musician. I play and teach for a living and I've got a background in sound engineering and I also listen to a ton of podcasts. So when um, I kind of got into my mind that I wanted to start doing some music composition and sound design for podcasts, but uh, then that kind of evolved into uh, wanting to just do podcasts myself. And once I decided to do that, then as someone who past couple of years has become just very, very obsessed and engrossed in disc golf, I knew this was exactly the podcast that I wanted to do. Uh, and I'll go ahead and say, I'm really glad you have an ex- expertise in sound engineering. Um, as you know, as it's clear to anybody who's listening, I do not. And uh, and it matters um, the the quality and I I'll say on the uh, when you guys do the uh, the commentary for Terry's Terry's uh, round coverage the commentary is one of the great reasons to listen is because it just sounds so good so yeah. you do a great job well thank you and uh, Nova you came into this I don't know how you how you got in but let's hear your your story and why you're a part of this. I'll be glad to. Um, first off, we didn't get a chance to do a sound check. Am I okay? You are fantastic. Outstanding. Thank you. Um, well, I'm reminded a lot of a uh, Monty Python uh, skit from uh, the Flying Circus in the early 70s where Eric Idle uh, spent about two minutes doing a very florid introduction uh, to a uh, league footballer. Uh, using just dropping philosophical reference after literary reference, etc., and then he turns to John Cleese and says, "What is your take on this?" And John Cleese is being John Cleese, and he says, "Well, I swung my leg, and next thing you know, the ball's in the back of the net." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I feel like that's that's what I bring to this uh, this podcast. Uh, Becca is very much the uh, brains of the organization, and I swing my leg, and the ball ends up in the back of the net. Right where we want it. Who cares how it gets there? Uh, I will say um, I have listened to probably four or five of your podcasts and uh, and consistently enjoy it um, for sound quality and for content. Uh, and I think that you guys do a, a fair and balanced view of disc golf. Um, sometimes the disc golf world doesn't get women's coverage right, for example, and you guys go ahead and call it out. And sometimes they do. And and sometimes it's not about that at all. It's just about this is the way women need to think about the game and how women need to approach it. Um, what is the overall goal of the podcast? What is, I, I assume I, I know we're all in this just for the money. But 
in addition to the money, what's what's the goal? So I would say there's basically three goals of the podcast. The first one is to connect uh, the women's disc golf community and connect them also with the greater disc golf community. Uh, we want to provide a woman's point of view on disc golf and then to elevate women disc golfer voices of all kinds. Okay. That makes, that makes very good sense. Um, elevating the women and making them aware and getting them out on the course. Uh, Nova, what do you, in your opinion, what are your goals or do they mesh up exactly with, with what Becca just said, or do you have some, some additional thoughts? Uh, it's very similar, but, um, I think one of the interesting questions is when you're uh, dealing with uh, any group that is underrepresented, um, the common impulse is to say, well, if you're coming from a position of the majority is to say, well, they need this and they need this kind of help and they need this and they need this. And what really needs to be done is somebody needs to ask and say, <laughs> what do you need? What helps? And if nobody's coming around and asking what helps, uh, then the podcast is a good place to speak up and say, this is the kind of help we need, or this is what needs to happen, or this is what would be nice to happen. Mm -hmm. And with any luck, the people who are able to make things happen or to help make things happen are listening and are receptive, and we'll just see what happens. Mm -hmm. So I, I genuinely appreciate that point. I'll go ahead and say, uh, Nova, you just put the ball in the back of the net. I don't know how you did it, but... <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice job. Well, thank um, you. What, it's, it's really interesting to me because one of the things that uh, that happens, and, and I'm going to, as a human, I, I tend to think of everything as focused around me. And unfortunately, this podcast is not focused on me today. It's focused on you. But I'll go ahead and round that to me. Um, uh, Addie Maxwell put out a piece a couple months ago about uh, about how disc golf doesn't give enough coverage to the women. And I took that personally, uh, that, that affected me and hurt me. And, um, and I had a couple of important women in my life. It's funny that men didn't see it this way, but a couple of important women in my life tell me, Steve, it's actually a positive that someone's complaining to you because they know that you're going to listen. They know you're going to take it to heart and they know you have an opportunity to actually do something. So, uh, once you get through that initial, uh, gosh, my feelings are hurt, uh, I was able to see it in a different light with some guidance. And it was absolutely a positive. Mm -hmm. And Nova, you nailed it right there with uh, talk about and have women do it. Talk about what women need and what they want and how it's going to be better. So for anybody who hasn't listened to Ladies of the Chains yet, I highly encourage go out and listen. Um Start with the most recent one, in my opinion, and work your way backwards, and they'll put out some new ones as you go. Mm -hmm. So, um, and actually, having said that, um, I was talking with Danielle earlier today. Danielle's our, our new uh, brand manager and, and everything extraordinaire person. Um, and we were actually talking about the podcast. And one of, one of our favorite podcasts is where you guys talked about the mental game aspect for women specifically. And uh, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a, a well, well done, well researched podcast. Um, what is, in your opinion, what is your favorite podcast that you guys have done so far? <laughs> Beck, I'll start with you. It's like that. What's that? Pill type situation. Uh, uh, I 
in episode that we did where um, uh, it's been our most listened to because I think we really hit on something there. And obviously that's not a genderized issue. Uh, we got to come at it from our perspective, but it really had a lot of good content that, you know, is, is really good for anyone. Um, the GBO episode was really fun because I got to talk to a bunch of FPO players and that was fantastic. Um, so I don't know that I have a favorite out of what we've done. Um, I'm always planning ahead. I've got the next three episodes planned. So I'm more of a forward thinker than a backward thinker for sure. Uh, <laughs> it's been great so far. And the response has been really positive. Um, I, you know, fully expected the disc golf community to be supportive because that's just been my experience. And we're incredibly lucky to be here in Kansas City because we just have a fantastic uh, women's disc golf scene and community. We have a great, um, just greater disc golf community. So they've, they've made it very easy for us to be able to do this and do this well. I, I genuinely appreciate you saying I'm I'm more of a forward looker, thinker than backward looker. Um, uh, I, I resemble that remark. And it's really interesting to me. I look forward to about 15 to 20 years from now when I can sit on a boat and just look back and go, wow, that was cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, for the time being, uh, I agree with you. Look forward. I, I, I don't even know who I talked to last week. If I, I could figure it out, but, but I don't know right now. Um, but the GBO episode, you were clearly having a lot of fun, yeah. uh, which, which is great. And uh, that's that helps make everything work. So, Nova, do you have a, a favorite episode that you that you liked being a part of? Well, you know what I'm going to say. Um <laughs> Honestly, uh, uh, Becca, can I uh, can I spoil a guest that's been in the studio, but it, the podcast hasn't been out yet? Absolutely. I'm. I think the best episode is uh, not yet in the can. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing the interview with uh, Cynthia Ricciotti of Columbia, Missouri. Um, she's she's coming for us all. She's 15, and she's going to be beating the world in two years. I guarantee it. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to hear what she has to say. Okay, I, I apologize. I don't know who Cynthia Ricky Audi is. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Becca, when does that come out? When does that hit? So our next episode will be out on Monday. Um, we're going to do a wrap-up of the Women's Global events, uh, our kind of experiences with that. Um, we had just an incredible event here in Kansas City, the most attended out of all of the WGE events. We had 137 players. Um, I'll uh, brag on Nova here a little bit. She took down the advanced women's division in a playoff. It was a two-hole two playoff. She parked uh, the second hole for the drop-in birdie and the win. It was pretty epic. Um, but yeah, just a really, really great experience here. But anyway, we're also going to be talking with a couple juniors. So one of those juniors is Cynthia Ricciotti that Nova mentioned, and then we'll be talking with Ava Meyer, who I believe is nine, um, about their experiences and just what we as a disc golf community need to think about to do to make sure that they can have the best success that they can. Um, we'll have one of our local golfers here who's also a mom of a junior um, on the podcast to kind of talk about that in the future of, of disc golf. So, yep, that'll be out on Monday. So uh, I don't want to spoil that at all, but I do want to tease people a little bit. Yeah. That sounds really exciting. 
You've got a nine-year-old. Is the nine-year-old on the podcast? Uh, we're going to be interviewing her. Yeah, we haven't interviewed her yet, okay. but she'll okay. be in this weekend. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have a nine-year-old, a 15-year-old, and the nine-year-old's mom. Um, actually it's a different mom, a different mom. of a different junior. Yeah. But. Okay. So, uh, which, which is three really good perspectives mm -hmm. in addition to champion Nova. Well, we actually, I rotate co-hosts. Oh um, no. Okay. Yeah. So again, one of the goals of the, that I have for the podcast, and it's just worked out really well so far is to include as many voices as possible. Um, we, you know, I love our FPO players. We have just fantastic women out on tour that are not only great players, they're great ambassadors of the sport. They carry themselves well. They're fantastic. And I want to hear from them. Um, but we do have some disc golf media, at least covering them. So I want to, you know, bring as just as many voices as possible because to your point, right. About the more women we see playing, the more women will want to play. Also the more women we see and hear from that are like us gives us that encouragement and inspiration to play. So I want to make sure that we're including just kind of the full gamut of what those women players look like. So anyway, we've got rotating co-hosts. So um, my friend Lupe will also be on this next uh, episode. Episode. I have two co-hosts with me generally each podcast and that just kind of changes uh, depending on the topic depending on who's available and things like that so okay. so uh, I'll go ahead and, and mirror that comment uh, the, we have some fantastic women's pro FPO women and the the great thing is how gracious they all are with mm -hmm. with their time and they're always willing to, to give more time uh, it's I try to take pictures every time I see one of them signing a disc for, for a fan or a kid and it's, or both. Um, and, and, and it's, it's really fun to watch them. Like they'll, they'll be about to go tee off and a little girl will come up and say, can you sign my disc? And they say, of course. And they, they, it's, it's arguably bad for their competitive spirit because they're in this place, but they, they never turn them down and it's awesome. Um, but having said that again, the, the more, if, if we just watch Sarah or just watch Paige do this, then we think that those are the only two people. But when we see, and that's what we're trying to do at SFO, when we see a cacophony of women, 24 different women, all of whom hitting these putts, we think, oh, wow, this is this is everybody, and it's great. And so that's 100%. That's fantastic. Um, so, uh, Nova, you are not on that episode, but my next question was actually going to be, tell us about your women's global experience. And uh, I'll go back to Becca, but I want to hear yours first. Oh, sure. Uh, women's global event uh, is actually kind of bookending my career at the moment because the first tournament I played in uh, 2015 was the Diva Spring FIVA, which is affiliated with the Women's Global event. Uh, 2015's an odd-numbered year, so that wasn't a WGE year, but I think that still counts. I had uh, started throwing discs at the park across the street about three and a half weeks before that tournament. I jumped in um, because everything I do, I'm competitive. It's just how I roll. And uh, so it was really fun to come back uh, this year uh, to that same event again, and it's to see how much larger it's become, how much more organized it's become, and yet to see how many things are still the same from year to year as well. It's the same spirit. It's the same fantastic uh, tournament director, now tournament directors, because it's grown too large for any one or two people to handle. Um, this 
some of the same old amenities and traditions are still carrying through from year to year uh, with the addition of some new and hilarious, in a good way, uh, amenities this year. And it's been basically an ever upward arc of amazingness, if I can uh, invent a word right there. <laughs> My mom says the same thing about me. <laughs> um, well, well, she's got some skin in the game. <laughs> yes, she does. And I arguably have less skin, and that's a joke Becca gets. Um, but uh, the you, you said that it, it's been growing significantly. When you played it in 2015, how many people were there? Um, or women, I should it, yeah, um, It's well, women only, right? Women are people. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's one of my superpowers is I can state the obvious. Go! <laughs> um, it was fewer than 90. I know that because uh, it was at one course with uh, oh. one uh, score point and not every card was full. And it was 137 this year. Wow. Uh, yeah, two pools of a maximum of 72 and uh, a course that has one and two thirds of a great disc golf course was uh, cut up, recombined. A few safari holes were uh, bolted on and turned into two very nice courses. I'd say about a 5,000 footer and about a 6,000 footer. And these were allocated uh, pretty evenly based on uh, skill level. So it flowed magnificently, and uh, that's where the numbers were and where they are. Nice. That, that's fantastic. So, Becca, um, when you were at the Women's Global event, uh, you guys are now obviously interviewing some, some kids. How many, what percentage of the people at these events are kids? So this was our largest uh, junior field that has ever been at the Diva Spring FIBA, and I, there were 14 juniors. Okay. So. Yeah, one of uh, Cynthia Ricciotti was there as well. So she counts. We'll make her number 15, but she competed <laughs> in advanced women. Did she win advanced women? Uh, no, that was Nova. Yeah, That's I, right. I won advanced women. Yeah. Well, was, women are people. Okay. <laughs> Cynthia did win uh, intermediate at GBO last year, and she came in second in advanced women this year at GBO. Okay. So, so she lost in a playoff, I heard. Uh, no, no, no. Wait. That was, yeah. Okay. I'm getting my weekends. Mixed right. up. You're all right. You're all right. Don't count on it. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, we heard Nova's experience at, at women's global. Let's hear your personal experience. At yeah. So my personal experience, I wasn't feeling very good and I played pretty terribly. So that wasn't awesome, but everything else was, um, then, Crosby and Rhonda Crosby are tournament directors for this uh, tournament, and they're just fantastic people. Um, they 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 do a good show for sure. Uh, last year was my very first tournament. Was this tournament because uh, it runs on the off WGE right. years as well, like Nova said. Um, so it was, uh, it's always just so exciting to see so many women out. A lot of women, this is their only tournament that they play each year, uh, just because, um, you know, of, uh, of their obligations or whatever the case may be, they make a point to make sure that they make it to this one. Um, so very well run. A lot of fun amenities are, um, 
support system here is so great. We had a ton of volunteers, a ton of guys came out. A guy I'd never met before carried my bag for me both rounds and I have a very heavy bag. So that was extremely helpful. It was very cool. Uh, shout out to our one of our local pros here, David Potts. He brought a puppy, which was one of my favorite parts. Uh, I had, like I said, a pretty rough round. And at the end of my round, there was a puppy to cuddle with. I mean, that was fantastic. Um, Did he bring 130 of them? I know, right? Like we have this we have this tradition at the Spring FIBA of handing out roses at the end of the tournament. And I'd like to lobby for handing out puppies. Uh, in future iterations of the tournament, I, I don't know who says no, right? So, uh, but yeah, great tournament. Uh, so encouraging to see so many people there. Um, very cool to see some people that heard about the podcast uh, and just to kind of connect with um, people I knew by name or by Facebook. Uh, just again, that community, it's just a wonderful thing. So. Uh, your your puppy idea is is fan, is both brilliant and awful. Right. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, if everybody would agree, maybe it should be a puppy adoption tournament. There you go. Um, Jenny uh, just got a new puppy, and uh, she spent probably four or five months looking. And there are thousands of puppies and dogs looking for homes. I had no idea, and. You can do that. You can bring a, you can bring 150 puppies to a tournament, uh, or I couldn't, but somebody <laughs> with a lot of trucks could do that. So I want to get back to the podcast a little bit. And uh, so you two are on the podcast, and, and Becca, you said that you have a whole bunch of different guests. Yeah. Did you know these people, the guests, beforehand, or did you learn about them and then, like, how did you guys meet and then decide to be sure. a part of it? So we met through disc golf. I very first played disc golf um, about 14 years ago when I was 21, I played for a year and then life kind of happened. And I just basically ended up taking a 10 year break. And then in 2016, I had driven by Rosedale, one of our popular courses here. And uh, my dad was in town. I was like, Hey, let's just go throw these discs that I still have around. Got, totally addicted to the sport again. And fortunately, I came home, did a Facebook sh uh, search and immediately found our women's league here in Kansas City, the Kansas City Disc Golf Divas. So through that is how I met everyone. Um, and so once I yeah. apologize, I want to stop you. I, I try not to interrupt, but I'm going to forget this question. Yeah. If the women's disc golf divas did not exist, what would your experience have been going forward? Sure. And, I, you know, when I played in back in 2004, when I first found the sport, um, I never played with any other women. I played with my husband and a few of our guy friends, never really saw any women out on the course. And again, you know, ended up taking this 10 year break. And I loved it then. I loved it. But it wasn't enough to kind of keep me engaged. Um, so I don't know, you know, it's something I've thought about for sure. I would probably not be at the level of addiction that I'm at or involvement, certainly without that. Um, obviously, I'm also uh, benefiting from where disc golf media is at, because once I got back into the sport, you know, here's all this coverage, right? And so it made it very easy to learn and to figure out better form and how to play and the rules and, you know, all of that. So that certainly helped as well. But having, you know, the other women to connect with 
was just fantastic. And kind of going back to my earlier point, you know, I was kind of fans of, of Nova and Kim before I met them uh, because they, they kind of came to disc golf a little bit later, right? And they are just dominating right now. They're just tearing it up, playing so well, doing all of these things. So that gives me inspiration, right? That like, hey, maybe I can get better too. And maybe I can uh, have success in the sport. And so, yeah, again, just ridiculously fortunate to be here and to be here at a time where we have all of these women that I can, you know, play with and look up to. And yeah, the podcast, all of these things probably wouldn't be a thing without without our local league. So and that that kind of ties into what Nova said earlier about if if you want to know what women want, talk, talk to women. And the fact that that group, the divas existed Mm -hmm. is critical. And if you are in an area and there's not a lot of women playing, get your three friends that do play and form a disc golf group and Give the new women something that they can see and be a part of it. And yeah, you, you said it, it just makes And that's, and that's the story we are hearing over and over again, whether I'm talking to an FPO player like Tina Stenitis or, you know, any of our, our local players here, it's that women's leagues work. Yeah. If you want to get women playing, if you want to get women engaged, that is such a big part of it. And, you know, probably the best thing, one of the best things that's happened since we started the podcast is getting those emails and those messages of, Hey, there aren't women really playing in my area, but you know what? I listened to your podcast. I got inspired and I, I'm going to go try and do this thing. And uh, that's, you know, ultimately what it's about. Um, and it's very cool. Yeah. I, I know that the women's league up here in new England has helped, uh, has helped that, and the numbers just keep growing, and, yeah. it, and it's really fun. They they actually rotate around what courses they play. And it's it's super cool. Um, Nova, when, oops. So I'm going to ask the same question of you, Nova, and then I'm going to put myself on mute. Okay. How, how did you meet? Um, it's like she said. It was at a uh, uh, KC uh, Divas uh, weekly Monday league at uh, Rosedale Park, and uh, I. I am not great at making friends, so it was uh, it was a good time. I think in the time I've started uh, playing disc golf uh, three years and about a month or two ago, I've made more friends uh, than I had in the rest of my adult life combined. And um, part of it was the the shared activity. Um, right. But it's uh, really interesting to me. There's a bit of a there's a big cross section of players that um, I'm, for example, I, I play a lot of tournaments. That's my gig. Um, I, I practice by myself or with uh, Kim Janola at a course nearby. And then I show up at tournaments and uh, go into these leagues. It was really interesting to meet a lot of people who may not compete in tournaments, but they're there every Monday. They've got their bag. They've got their discs. They've got a lot of enthusiasm and they are every bit as much a disc golfer as someone who competes in a tournament or, or someone who has one disc that they're just slinging in a really big cargo pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I think it was really important uh, to get that exposure. And I think it's really important for new players coming into the sport to have a similar exposure where you can come together in a weekly league and see all sorts of players all playing disc golf 
Um, might be different goals, might be different techniques, different uh, ability, but everyone's playing disc golf and everyone's got a shared passion for the sport and it's infectious. Mm-hmm. Nova, you are a fantastic addition to my podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you're here. Um, and you, you, I couldn't have said that better and I've tried. Um, so thank you very much. The spirit of the game is, is why we're all here. And we have this crazy thing called disc culture that we are all just, we just soak it in and it becomes us. And then we hopefully give it out to the rest of the world. Um, uh, thank you. Thank you for wording that so eloquently. Oh my God. I was winging it. I have, I have no idea what I just said. Wait, <laughs> wait you're not, you're not reading from a teleprompter. No, I've no, I'm at, I am so nervous right now. I'm in a daze. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch this just to see what I just said. Well, that's funny because that's literally my next question. When the podcast started, and I wish I could do this thing with my camera, but I, you know, you wouldn't, you would just see the other side of the library wall. But my next question was, were, were you nervous when you started? And Nova, you're still nervous. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm terrified of people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrified of women, so it works out. For oh, well, it's okay. We're just people. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, oh, oh, I get what you did there. There you go. I'm, okay, I'm gonna sorry, jump, it, that took a second. I'm going to jump over to Becca real quick. Becca, were you nervous when you started this podcast? I mean, sure. Um, there's some elements of that. I think my background as a musician and a performer comes into play, if that makes sense, that I'm used to being in front of a mic, I'm used to um, talking for a living, et cetera, et cetera. So there's always going to be some nerves. It's just like playing disc golf. Like, it's worth it. You know, (laughs) anything that crops up, you just kind of handle and deal with. Um, But I've worked through it enough in other arenas. I wasn't too yeah. worried about it if that makes sense so so my my uh my last question for you is uh is pretty open-ended but uh when you guys do the um the commentary for terry miller and if any if anybody again just like if you haven't seen ladies listen to ladies of chains go listen but also they uh, um becca and friends i don't know if it's the same people all the time uh yeah but, it's, it's nova and kim okay so they do the commentary for many of the uh, the FPO shot-by-shot shot rounds that Terry Miller puts out under the Disc Golf Guy channel. Um, is that fun, or is that work, or is that both? I would say it's certainly both. Um, it's very fun, and it is a lot of work. But the work aspect of it just comes because we care so much, I would say. Um, we put in a lot of work doing our homework, checking the UDISC stats, looking through the coverage, uh, trying to just bulk up on as much knowledge as we can. And then after we're done recording, I go through it and I audio edit it and try to just make it again, sound, you know, as good as possible. Um, but again, yes, it's a lot of work, but it's also just because we care and we want to really make it good. Uh, We can't hear you. We lost you. I, I hit mute. Sorry. Yeah, that's probably what happened. Uh, Nova, what is your experience doing the uh, the commentary? Well, uh, Becca took 80% of what I was going to say, which is a shame because this is the question I've been looking forward to all night. Um, no, I'm just throwing shade. It's okay. Um, no, it is. Uh, it's a lot of pressure because uh, uh, 
you know, whatever, whatever we say that isn't cut on the edit is going to be out there pretty much forever. Uh, so <laughs> it's, there's a lot of pressure not to look like a fool, uh, not to say, um, too many times, uh, not to bite the catchphrases of, uh, other commentators. Um, cause you know, I'm not stoked when that happens, <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, and, but it, it basically, it just creates a work ethic. Um, this, uh, this, Fear of failure combined with uh, with the urge to excel and uh, represent well um, just naturally spurs on the research, the uh, watching the coverage on a laptop in the passenger seat of a car on the drive to Becca's studio. Um, I actually uh, when we're uh, when we're recording, the three of us are hunched around. I think it's a 15 inch uh, MacBook Pro, and three people hunched around one 15 inch MacBook, and the video is in a window because there's also audio software up and running. So I'm on over on the one side. I'm looking at the screen with one eyeball. Um, if the disc is smaller than five pixels on the screen in that little window, I can't see it. So I'm working from notes that I made. Um, so that basically I've already got a play-by-play -play of what every throw did nice. so that even if I can't see the video happening, I recognize, you know, the, the inch tall player on the screen. I'm like, oh, okay, that's Sarah Hokum. And, you know, she threw a forehand and it went over on the right-hand side, but it just stayed inbounds. And so I already know what to say. Um, I just try to sync it up with uh, the fuzzy blob that's occurring over on the screen uh, because I'm old and my vision is terabad. Um, but that said, I, I just made it sound like torture, but it's also a lot of fun because there's the pride in a, in a job well done. And we all just, at the end of the recording, you can see everybody's shoulders drop and we all exhale and say, Whew, okay, it's done. Um, Becca, go edit. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, so the, the pressure, I don't want to say it's pressure. It's a sort of a, a shared responsibility Everybody there, uh, that goes for Kim, who can't be here today, um, as well, is each of us, I think, is striving to bring our A-game for the other two. None of us uh, seems to want to let the other down. Uh, and it shows that like, when, when we come in and we get to the studio, um, we don't spend a lot of time messing around. We are unpacking bags and setting up spare laptops and getting out notes and uh, getting headsets and mics positioned and uh, playing with that little fuzzy podcaster screen thingy that I don't know what it does. I think it keeps the spit off the mic. I don't know. Um, Becca tells me I'm wrong. I'm sure. Um, but we get, we, but we get right to it. So in that regard, it's work, but it's a ton of fun. It really is. And a lot of a lot of the most fun stuff will never see the light of day. Uh, the really fun stuff is in outtakes. The, the really fun stuff is uh, stuck up in the head. And it's, a, <laughs> it's a memory. And it's uh, it's why we do it. It's part of why we do it, because we get to hang out with our friends and make mistakes and laugh at each other and, and be social. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to get ready to close on this. And I'm just going to say thank you both for for spending time with me and uh, and letting the world know a little bit more about you both and what it is that you guys are doing. Um, I'll let you guys close with some any closing comments or thoughts that you guys want to share, uh, encourage people how they can find Ladies of the Chains, and then, uh, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, Becca? Yeah, so certainly just thank you to everyone who's listened and who's reached out to us. 
Um, we really appreciate it. All the positive comments, emails helps keep us motivated, keep, helps keep us going. Uh, so you can find the podcast on, right now on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, any of the platforms that pick those up, as well as our website, ladiesofthechains.com. We generally come up with episodes every other Monday. And yeah, thanks so much for having us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, Nova, any last words? Oh, sure. I don't want to get into too much of a group hug, but I'm looking at uh, what you're doing with the volunteers uh, doing video of uh, every card out at the San Francisco Open. And my mind is blown. That is fantastic. Um, you're doing a really good work there. Thank you very much. And and I just uh, forgot my parting thought. Give me two seconds. I'm not going to say, um, no, that's, that's gross. You want me to edit this awkward pause now? <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, no, you can't do that. This is live. Um, <laughs> nope, I've lost it. I'm going to just have to have regrets for the rest of my life. Thank you. Wait, I got it. I got it. That was still long enough. I got it. Um, thank you for having us. And thank you for listening and believing. More importantly, you listen, but you also believe. And that's important because if somebody listens to you and then they tell you you're full of it, you're not going to get anywhere. So thanks. Uh, you're, you're very welcome, Nova. And, uh, I, I really think the person you should thank is my mom. Uh, she, she trained me to be this way and, uh, I, I really can't help it. Um, and in passing off, passing off, uh, kudos, um, the idea for covering all of the women, uh, basically I think this started at Waco and it's been going, it's been germinating ever since, uh, is a hundred percent Danielle. Uh, Danielle came up with this idea and she started to film the women while she was doing live coverage and she'd get some really nice putts and post them. And it just sort of grew and grew. And uh, a conversation between her, Sean, Jack and myself. And this just came from that. And uh, but I'm I'm very confident the idea itself was Danielle's and she had some way of planting it in our brains. So <laughs> thank you, Danielle. Yes, 100 percent. Thank you, Danielle. So uh, with that, um, thank you both. And thank you all for watching. This has been another edition of Pro Tour Talk. We had Ladies of the Chains on tonight. And uh, this was one of my favorite episodes. Thank you all. Sleep well. We'll see you next time.